Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, a monthly podcast in which I chat with Hoka NAZ Elite team members, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes scoop on their training, racing, and everyday lives. I'm your host, Eric Sensman. You can find our monthly podcast on SoundCloud uh, by searching Hoka NAZ Elite, and you can learn more about the faces behind the team uh, by visiting their website, nazelite.com, their Facebook page, Northern Arizona Elite, or their Instagram and Twitter, both at naz underscore elite. Welcome to this episode of Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. Uh, I welcome this time for the second time, second time on the podcast, maybe third, I think it's the third time, Uh, Matt Baxter, welcome. Wow, thanks for having me on again. I think this is the third time, now that I think about it. So, we had the initial podcast when you got on the team, and then we had the podcast before Rock and Roll San Jose, was Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Which you won. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, my, thank you. Yes. Uh, but we're not here to talk about running per se, uh, in some sense. We're here to talk about your book, which is coming out. And for those of you watching, you can see it here. It's called Hurt Me If You Can. Um, so first things first, you are now the second author on the team that I'm aware of. I guess you could say third behind Ben and Scott. I guess that's true. So my first question is, are you trying to be Scott Fable? <laughs> Am I trying to be him? Oh, that's a tough question because he's not necessarily a person I want to be like. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I mean, it, it uh, seeing what Ben and, and Scott did with Inside a Marathon, I mean, uh, I had been writing this uh, a bit before being on the team, but it was definitely seeing them producing the book and putting it out. It, it made me think more about the possibility of, of producing this one in a hard copy, I guess. Sure. And yeah, I, I did. Uh, so the, the we'll talk about what led you to write the book, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does predate you getting on the, the NAZ team. So maybe we should go back. So tell me about the book. It's about uh, your high school running experience. Yep. That's all I know. Yep. So tell me more. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, so... I can, yeah, I'll go back to even how it came about writing it because I think that gives con- good context to what the book is about. So I released a, a diary about my 2017 season at NAU, the cross-country season where I got second as an individual and our team won an individual title. And the feedback I got from that, one of the really interesting things that came about that was I was getting feedback from a lot of high school athletes and they were more interested in the times in the diary when I was talking about struggling in a workout or some of the really tough experiences I was having and they were more interested in that than they were with me getting second or our team winning. And so I thought maybe there's a bit of a hole in in the literature, you could say, uh, with justifying the high school athletes experience uh, with dealing with adversity. And so that kind of spurred a little bit of, well, maybe I could write something that a high schooler could pick up and read and and it could be something that they would relate to. Uh, But it would also be a story where anyone who read it would at least find it interesting. Uh, So the book is targeted most specifically at high school in terms of the themes throughout. Uh, but it's also something where anyone, I guess, could pick it up and, and read it. And so the book itself, it, it follows my journey from 2008 to 2012 when I was in high school in New Zealand. And it just, it starts off with me 
having this desire to do anything but run. Uh, I knew I was an okay runner going into high school, but it was not something that remotely interested me. And so, but then a few things came up early on in my time in high school, which led me to joining the New Plymouth Boys High School cross country team. And then from there, my love for running just kind of exploded, I guess. And every year I got more and more dedicated to it. Uh, but at the same time, I always had these anticipations of how going on a, a trip would look. Uh, that I'm going to go on a trip, I'm going to get a PR and it's going to be the, the best time of my life. And as the years go by, I start learning that things don't always go to plan. Uh, and in the end, the book is basically building towards my final year where I'm trying to go for our high school 3000 meter title. Uh, and also a high school record and trying to basically accumulate a couple of national titles in my final year. Do we want a spoiler alert and talk about whether or not you were successful? Oh, well, I mean, you could probably look that up outside <laughs> of this, whether or not, but um, the... I think the the end it it goes in a good way where the end uh, finishes with it starts going towards a bit of a high point, um, and I guess yeah the readers can read to see how things exactly turn out there. Sure. So what about the high school <clears throat> running experience? Um, what about it? Do you think will, people would find captivating? Uh, let's say non high school runners. My mom, for example. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 50 I know your mom. Something. Right, right, right. <laughs> Never ran in high school. Mm -hmm. So someone like that, what, what do you think they would gather uh, in reading this book? Yes, I think um, this book, although it it is focused on high school, I mean, the, the subtitle is The Tales of a High School Runner, but the more you read it, the more you start seeing how running isn't always the core theme throughout it. Uh, it in certain parts definitely it is I'm talking about stories which are specifically running related uh, but then there are other t times where I'm talking about being on a trip somewhere which is a running trip but I hardly talk about running at all because of the other experiences that go along and so I hope that for some people they could read this and maybe the the running stories aren't they don't resonate as much with those but they uh, they can feel more attached to some of the just the high school experiences I guess and and this book goes into details of my struggles of just being a teenager in general and and struggles of being an, an athlete as well as a student uh, which doesn't have to be running specific uh, and I hope that some people read and it just brings them back to their high school days it not everything is dark and gloomy. I try and uh, make this book as fun as I possibly can, uh, mixed in with some some really tough times. Uh, and so I just hope that the quality of the story is something where anyone could pick it up, and your mum, for example, and, and would find it entertaining uh, from cover to cover. Did your mum read this yet? She has. She was okay. one of the people who helped edit it. So she, although there's there's some questionable language every now and again throughout, and that's where it was. I was tailing, tailoring it to a high school audience, and I felt like uh, sometimes people might shy away from using certain language in a book. I mean, obviously it doesn't go over the top, but uh, I think it just gives good context to the time and when I'm 
13 to 18 and maybe how I would have expressed some things at the time uh, and that passed my mom so <laughs> hopefully it should be all good for you, yours. You didn't, uh, yeah, you didn't have to give her a censored version. It was no, no, I did give her a heads up at a couple of times. I was like, hey, there's a couple of things in here which, and because also, I mean, I'm talking about my mom, like there's some things in here which she probably didn't know about until she read it. So, uh, yeah, especially the way I talk about um, some situations, especially when things got particularly hard, and maybe the way I describe those is a way that would be new for her to learn about. So, uh, but no, I definitely did not give her a, an edited version in any sense. She got the the full brunt of whatever's in there. And and I know too that uh, Coach Rosario, who will join us here shortly, uh, he read it as well. Did did you did you get some helpful feedback from those that were able to read it ahead of time? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, so the first person who probably had a read through and she actually read a very brief hard copy or a very brief draft copy version um, midway through last year. And that was Shannon Thompson, who's a um, sports psychologist here in town. Uh, and she was giving me some really helpful feedback as I she saw that rough initial copy and, and she kind of she steered me a bit more towards the right direction and and then she told me once I, I gave her a bit more of a hard copy version she gave me some some really good pointers on things to change and then same with my mom and then uh, my girlfriend as well read it she gave me some good pointers and Ben as well yeah he was the the final person to read it and so I was confident with the feedback he gave and uh, some of the the little changes that had to be made that that was kind of the last thing. So if he didn't pick up on anything, then if there's anything you pick up on, it's I'm blaming Ben. It's on Ben. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> well, we'll get his take here in a few minutes. Um, so again, the title is "Hurt Me If You Can." Mm -hmm. It's available on Amazon. Yep. You just you just type in "Hurt Me If You Can," you'll find it. Um, can Can I hurt you? Do you think? Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, it I, feels like right now, <laughs> I could, you know. Yeah, I mean, you take that title however you like. Uh, <laughs> what, what was the intention uh, behind the title? There's a short excerpt on the back um, that is a quote of yours that says, if you were going to race me, there was there was always one certainty. I will kill myself every time just to kill you once. Uh, so, so perhaps that uh, is drawing... Uh, some of the insight for the for the title. Yeah, so I had tossed up a, a couple of different titles and uh, the Hurt Me If You Can is, it's a takeoff of Catch Me If You Can, basically, uh, which is obviously a very famous book and, and famous movie. Um, and so I like the title Catch Me If You Can, especially for the sake that throughout high school, I was basically a front runner. I kind of took a lot of pride in being one of the guys who would have no issue going to the front and really pushing the pace, whether that was good for me or bad for me. And it was good and bad and at different times. But so the Catch Me If You Can leads into the front runner aspect. But then I felt like hurt me if you can is the only way you can beat a front runner. The only way you can beat a front runner is if you can hurt yourself more than they're willing to hurt themselves. And so that was basically how the title came about. Okay. Um, so let's go back then. We, we've talked a little bit about the book and, and what people should expect. What, take me back to, you know, you don't just wake up one day and decide to write mm -hmm. a book, I don't think. Um, so what were some of the influences? What made you think you had something uh, that people would want to read? Yeah, I I knew my high school experience was 
there was enough content to it and enough up and down experiences that it could make a story. Uh, but the big thing is uh, there may be the content there, but can you actually put it together into something that people want to read? And, and I didn't want this to be something where it's just a day in the life for a runner. It doesn't, it's, I don't just talk about workouts and I don't just talk about uh, this day I went on this trip and I got this result. I go into a lot more detail of things than that. And so when I was thinking about writing, I mean, it was kind of spontaneous. I, I was actually, I can, I can thank a guy, John, who is in the NAU athletic department. And I was sitting down with him one day and he was saying, oh, so you released the diary in 2017. And so have you been doing any writing since then? This was maybe about March. I was talking to him and I was, oh, no, I did the diary and that was kind of it. I, I don't really have any kind of motivation to write anything else. And he was saying, no, you should definitely write something else that he enjoyed reading the diary and, and that. And so I walked away from that and I was thinking, well, maybe I should write something else. I mean, I have... Although, admittedly, when I was at NAU and I was in a master's degree at the time, I didn't have a ton of time to start writing this, but I felt like it would be fun to write anyway. And, and so that kind of spurred me thinking about the idea. And then it was about April, I remember running with my girlfriend, Emily, and it actually took a lot for me to say this to her, but I was saying like, hey, I think I kind of want to write a book. And I sort of want it to be about high school. And we were dating throughout high school. We started dating when I was about 16. So we kind of overlap and she could start giving me some ideas about, oh, well, in high school, these were the things that happened. And she was there for some of the, some of the big experiences that I had. And so I had someone to kind of go back and forward on and that. And then it, it just got to a point where I was like, I'm going to sit down and start writing things. And, uh, I started really getting into it over the summer of 2018. And then as school started again, I kind of put it to the side and, when I went home last, uh, when I was sorting out my visa, that was when I really honed in and started writing more. But there was actually a, a night where I lost it. Uh, so I had oh, no. originally saved it on my computer. I saved it on a hard drive and everything. And I thought I saved it on a memory stick back home, but it turns out I hadn't. And so my computer, it is what it is. It's, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but... Uh, it froze and so I had to shut it and manually shut it down, opened it up and the file was completely gone of everything. Oh, no. And so I went to bed that night and I was like, I was probably, I mean, three fifths of the way done at that point. And so I just kind of went to bed and I was like, you know what, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe I'll just leave it. And then I woke up in the morning and downloaded some kind of scanner that did a deep search on my computer. Uh, and then somehow found a copy that looked like it was the same name and I re-downloaded it and that's where it was. It had been completely deleted off my computer. Um, but one of the things I actually found out with that was that whenever you think you delete stuff off your computer, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> the, the deep scanner showed me things I haven't seen in years okay. on that computer, just as an FYI to anyone. But yeah, so, and after that, once I finally retrieved the, the file, I was like, oh, okay, I have to finish this now. I was so grateful to get it back and then kind of went from there for the next six or seven months or so. Sure. Uh, now it's <clears throat> double 220 pages. Yep. Uh, so it, how long... When did you finish it? When did you finally... So you started in March of 2018, roughly? Uh, 2018, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, so when did you actually complete Yeah. a draft that was yeah, presentable? Sure. Yeah, so I probably completed it, I mean, maybe around 
August-ish, uh, so a couple of months ago. Sorry. Um, and so that was a copy where I was like, uh, okay, I, I have all the content down now. That was the big thing. Sometimes for the longest time, I mean, I would probably have a title sitting there for a chapter for three to four months with nothing written under it. I just knew that this had to be in here, but I just don't know how to structure it or how to write it. Uh, and so it was a long time where it was like that, where I would sit down and I just don't know what to write. I don't know how to finish things. And then, yeah, funny, a couple of months ago, it, I finally had all the content there and then it's just been an editing process since then. Okay. I, yeah, so I want to ask some more specific questions about the book to get the, the listeners a, a better idea of... Um yeah, kind of what to expect and why they might be interested. So uh, we have Coach Coach Rosario on the sidelines, who's going to join us here. Um, like I said, Coach Ben has has read the book, so he'll have more informed questions. Um, let me let me kick it off uh, in terms of speaking to more specifics. Can you uh, could you just give the listeners? Um, Maybe an example of like one of the, it sounds like there's quite a few stories within the story. Mm. So I don't know, something that sort of touches on what the high school experience was like for you, or is there like a race you recap that's especially interesting, something embarrassing, oh, you know, my goodness. maybe the whole book. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there any sort of like scene that you could describe that, uh, from the book that you like, especially liked how it turned out? Yeah. I think one thing that sort of helps encompass my high school experience and it started early on and was when I went to race for my first national title in uh, 2008 I was 14 I guess at the time and uh, so I actually won the race and so I got my first national title but then it turned into a huge protest because I cut a corner and so over the span of probably uh, maybe four hours or so uh there was protests constantly going back and forth about whether or not i should be disqualified and this was in the first year where i wasn't convinced whether or not i actually wanted to run yet uh i started enjoying it and i was on the high school cross country team but it was something where i still had to be completely convinced and winning the national title was that thing convinced me oh this is definitely what i want to do and then i spent four hours going through protests and so that was that was kind of my high school experience where when things really start going right, something comes up that kind of brings it down a little bit. And uh, that was kind of how the book is that with every right, there's a wrong that kind of gets mixed in with that. And that disqualification process after that national title sort of sums up the, the, my running experience throughout the book. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, Coach Ben, welcome to the podcast. Oh, <coughs> thank always, you for having me. Always good to see yeah. you. Having um, jump in. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, having read the book, what um, what questions did, did that prompt uh, that, that you might have for Matt? Well, first of all, I'd say that, uh, and I told Matt this, that uh, you know, I think when you're when you're giving a speech in front of a crowd, or or if you're writing a book of this nature, yes, you're telling your story, or in the case of a speech, you're telling a story, <laughs> but you're really trying to get the audience or the readers to connect with it in such a way that they kind of say, oh, yeah, that's totally what it's like. You know, that's why everybody loves Once a Runner. Because yeah. they read the book. That's fiction, of course, sure. sort of, uh, based on some real things, I think. But uh, you read Once a Runner, you're like, yes, this is what it's like. You know, this is exactly what it's like. And that's what I felt about this book because it took me back to high school. 
You know, it's like, yes, this is exactly what it's like to be hanging out with your buddies on a trip, you know, and you're messing around and you're doing stupid stuff and you're getting in trouble. And it's just, it's so fun. Uh, also, uh, Matt was a little bit of a hoodlum, uh, you know, as a youth, yep. which as was I, you know, so, so I, I definitely um, uh, connected with that as well. And that idea that, um, you know, you had these buddies and maybe they weren't the best for you. You know, they seemed so great, you know, and, and they are great. They are great. It's just that, um, you know when you get to high school and you start running cross country, all of a sudden you're just surrounded by these wonderful people. And whether it's your coaches and he, he talks about his uh, coaches um, or your teammates, it just tends to be a really genuinely good group of folks to, to surround yourself with. And so that spoke to me as well. So a lot of the things just reading it that I picked up on right away was just the authenticity, not only of how he writes it, but the the overarching authenticity of this is high school cross this is what it's like yeah. you know so i think like i was listening to the podcast earlier um that is true that i think you could read this book if you're in high school and you will absolutely love it because you're living it right now but i also think if you're my age or older you can read this book and be taken back 20 or 30 years to when you were in high school and that's really fun that's a really fun thing too and then if you're a high school uh, cross-country parent i think this would be very interesting to read what your kids are going through yeah because uh maybe you don't really know right i mean my parents <laughs> didn't really know you know they weren't really cross-country matt's dad was a runner a good runner but uh you know my parents weren't so reading something like this for for the the newbie uh cross-country parent could be interesting as well to see maybe what their kid is in for but that's just some overarching thoughts i sure. had uh in terms of what questions do i have for matt after reading it uh you know, I, I some of them you already asked about the process because I find that to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what actually happened in the book and, and some of those things, I, I would say, because I know that people ask Fobble this all, all the time with some of the things he shared in Inside a Marathon, how hard was it to share some of the tough things? Because mm -hmm. I don't want to give away the stories, but, you know, he had some tough things happen to him with his family, um, you know, personal things that, that really quote-unquote didn't have anything to do with running of course they do because they affect your running yeah but how how difficult was it to include those things yeah and I knew when I was first going to start writing this that if I'm talking about high school that those experiences feed into that high school experience and uh definitely I'd say it's not necessarily hard writing some of those things down but it's hard giving them detail and hard giving them something where someone can read it and almost feel like you oh, were yeah. there that's where it starts getting difficult because you uh i mean i found when i was writing i would often use music to invoke some kind of emotion that helps writing a certain chapter or section and i find like when i'm writing some of those hard sections you gotta i, I gotta listen to some kind of music that really brings me down and uh, I mean, it helps in the end with writing and giving context to some of those experiences, but yeah, it's difficult. And then it was even hard giving this copy to my mom and saying like, hey, can you review this? But I want you to know that I'm also going to, within this, I talk about some things which are kind of difficult, but I also want you to understand, I, I mean, I even told her this, that there are a couple of points where it sounds like I might not have been okay, but I was for the most part. So I, want, I wanted her to know that, that there was nothing that she had to be worried about when I was uh, going through maybe some struggles throughout this. I, I guess to piggyback on that, what, on the other hand, what were some of the easier things for you? To, like mm. what just came to you really easily, like writing about races maybe or, um, yeah. Yeah, I found the races were sometimes hard to write about because I wanted to 
go into detail with them and I wanted to really try and think about if someone was reading this, how could they read it in a way that makes them feel like they were there sort of thing. Uh, the things that were easy to write about and some of the things that just came to me was when I'm joking around in the book. Like <laughs> there's one, I mean, there's one section, for example, called uh, Sex Ed. Uh, you understand the context if you read it. <laughs> but um, that pretty much came to me like that. I spent a couple of hours sitting down, a few pages just came right out, just because I'm having fun writing something which I hope a reader would have fun reading. Uh, those were the easy sections, the ones that... And then sometimes I would sit there for ages and I can't think of anything. Uh, and then other times I would sit there and a whole chapter would come out. It just, it all depended on how I was feeling or what I'd been maybe thinking about during the day, yeah. I have a question. So you've chosen um, a format in which you sort of break away from the story at the beginning of some chapters uh, and write almost um, an essay or almost a poem, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you had envisioned from the beginning or is that something you put in later and uh, do you like that kind of writing? Yes, yeah, so I I personally I love creative writing. Uh, I was a, I loved English when I was at high school. But if you, it's funny because I love English and I love creative writing. But if you ask me about some of the specifics of English in general, like what's nouns and verbs and all that kind of specific, I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't. I know. I edited. The, I edited the book. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Exactly, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but I just enjoy the writing aspect of it. And uh, yeah, I had written some of those before just because I love going into the creative sort of space uh, that preluded all those uh, all those chapters and so I was thinking about okay so I've already written some of these things where are they going to fit uh, and so for example there's one uh, uh, it's kind of like a poem-esque creative writing type thing at the start of 2012 called The Cliff um, and there was something I actually wrote at the start of 2018 uh, it was when I had a really rough indoor season um, with NAU and uh, I remember coming back one night and I couldn't sleep and so I sat up and I wrote this thing called The Cliff for an hour uh, and then when I started writing this book I was like oh well that really fits at the start of that chapter and so The Cliff is something which maybe fits with 2012 in my high school journey but it's something which I wrote six years later with, without even thinking about this book that was before I even started writing this and I also just felt like there were some things I really wanted to include uh, in this book, but I didn't know how to put them in. Well, they didn't necessarily deserve their own chapter or something. Uh, so I just put them in in little bits at the start. Yeah. If, if, um, let's see, I want to phrase this correctly. One, I know how to say it. So if I remember correctly, uh, there was at least one part in the book where you were actually pulling from something you had written back then, though, in mm. high school. Yeah. So, so how much were you writing in high school about running? What, what did your log look like? Was it, was it the traditional eight miles today felt good? Or did you kind of dig into each and every day? Yeah, I, I, had, a, um, I had a log, but that was definitely really simple. Okay. Uh, so there is one chapter, I, I can't remember exactly what it's called now. Oh, it's feeling tense about the tense um and so that i had an essay which i wrote in one of my english classes about that race that i talk about and so i thought oh this is perfect because it's describing it how i genuinely felt at the time uh so i thought well i'm going to put that in there but i'm also going to fill it in with 
a better context to the story and and stuff but as you read it you switch back and forth from a bit a piece of a creative writing essay which i wrote in 2010 uh and then switching into how i'm feeling now and and kind of going back and forth through that kind of stuff so there's a couple of bits in here which were written before i even thought about writing this book yeah i um i like to how I talked about, you know, it reminds you of the experience. Right. One thing he does a good job of, Eric, is um, it takes you all the way back to the very beginning where you're so new to it all. Mm -hmm. And you do everything's so different. Oh, what's this singlet? You know, just like everything. <laughs> like he talks about how the singlets looked. And, and, uh, and when you go into a race and you just know nothing. You have no real understanding of strategy or tactics right. or anything. And you're just running. This is so pure. And that's, that's what the, you know, some of the very beginning stories are like because, you know, he's 14 years old. Right. You mm -hmm. know, and he's just going into it. And uh, uh, I thought that was very interesting. Now, if you were... If you were talking to a group of high school kids, let's say this book takes off, okay? okay. Every high school uh, coach in the country wants his kids to read this book, uh, boys and girls. Uh, what what are you saying to them about the high school experience, particularly somebody who's about to start it? You know, what what do they need to give to this experience? Because there's a lot that we all take from these experiences. We talk about how we're surrounding ourselves with these wonderful people. What do you have to do as, as one of those people? And I think you do a good job of that in the book, but if you're talking to a group, what, what do they need to do to ingratiate themselves and become a part of that team? Yeah. Um, I think if you, whenever you first start out getting into, especially into a cross country team, because before that, I found that running was a very individual sport. It was something you do on the track and that's where it can be hard, especially at a young age when it's so individual and then you go into a team sport and it's so much funner, I would argue. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And I found it wasn't until I joined the high school cross country team that I, I realized, oh wow, high school or cross country and running in general can actually be a team sport. And so, but it's also, when you first start out running, yeah, it's going to be different. And especially as you start taking it more and more seriously, it's, uh, it's something where you, you can't keep comparing it to other sports. And that was what I think I did at first. I was thinking uh, running, it's not that fun because it's not rugby or it's not that fun because it's not soccer or something like that. But you need to get out of that mindset of comparing it to these other sports. No, it's not like rugby. It's not like soccer. It's fun in its own way. And you have to find that fun. Uh, and it's also something where the you could easily get away with doing a team sport, uh, for example, like rugby, as I use in that book, um, where you don't have to get along with your team great to still have fun. Because you're going out there, you're tackling people, and it's a big team thing, and it's fun. But I think with running, you have to get to know people on a bit of a deeper level to actually have fun with it. Because uh, you're out running on your own, or you're running with a team, and if you don't get along with those people, those are going to be some long, grinding right. runs together. And, and that's where I think running is unique, that you can actually get to know people a lot better than you might in some other team sports. And that's something you, you might not pick up in your first year as you're just starting to get to know people. But by the time you finish, you're going to have friends for life and, and people who you, uh, you're going to keep in contact with well past high school. Can I tell uh, one of my favorite stories from the book? One of my favorite stories. So this is, it, it, it's related to all this. Um, one thing that's cool about running is you you end up when you get into it i mean into it 
you do these things that no one else would ever do. And you tell this story about him and his buddies, his teammates. They go out to the track and it's nighttime and it's pouring down rain. And they run these quarters, they're doing 10 quarters or whatever on the track. So switching off leads and he describes it in such detail. And they're just totally soaked. And they had brought some dry clothes. So they drive this truck onto the track so they, they can like change and stay dry. But then the truck gets stuck so they're getting soaked anyway in their new dry clothes. But I loved the story and it's so true. Like if you were on a good cross country team mm -hmm. or if you were really into it, I, again, I thought of this fart like that we did in the pouring down rain uh, in high school once. And those are the ones you remember. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones you remember. It's the best, you know? And that's that's one thing that I think separates running from those other sports because, you know, like American football, if it's storing or ra raining, they probably just don't have practice. They go inside and just lift weights. Mm -hmm. No, we're going out there, you know, and right. we're doing it. And those are the, it's just the coolest, you know? It's the best. It's the best part of the sport is the, is the shared suffering, yeah. if, if you might uh, give it a phrase. Right. Yeah. I, I want to go back to, uh, Ben was talking about when you first get into the sport, you're new to it. Things are, you don't know what to expect mm -hmm. with singlet, these are racing spikes, and what, what is all this stuff. Yeah, you, I think, tweeted recently a, a photo of oh, you on the track. Yeah. And you've got these very tiny shorts, which, yeah. which uh, yeah. evidently were, were uh, cheer shorts from, from Missouri. University of Missouri. Yeah. Uh, when we say cheer shorts, we mean female. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, because they could be male in that case. So they're, they're, just, that's right. They're, this is how small they are. Yeah, they're women's yeah. shorts, very small. Um, and you had uh, evidently ordered these online, <laughs> yeah. thinking yeah. That you wanted to get some real running shorts. So d this is this is the beyond the book section. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind the, book. the scenes, yeah. So what uh, what what sort of gear did they have for you? Were you, were you wearing basketball shorts, <laughs> and you were like, "Well, this is going to cut it. I need the short ones." That's what got you. What, I, what was the story there? I mean, I definitely had shorter shorts, but one of the things I I could never get enough of was shorter shorts. <laughs> I was just one of those dudes who I just loved super short shorts and I think that's also a New Zealand thing as well that guys will often walk around in what we describe as stubbies which is rugby shorts yeah. but the quite short ones uh and you can't run in rugby shorts because they're too tough. Like, they just yeah. grind your thighs. And trust me, I tried. <laughs> I, I ran in those for a while at the start. But, and then once you transition into running shorts, sometimes they're just a little too long. And even the split won't come up as high as I like. So there was one time where I cut the shorts right up. So it had, it, it was just a nasty flip. That just, <laughs> it was like flapping around during the race. And uh, so I figured, yeah, I kind of want to buy some shorts since I went on Amazon. Amazon is obviously going to be great for selling this book, but not great for <laughs> selling some shorts. But so I looked on and I was like, okay, these shorts look like the, some legit running shorts. And I, I think because runners shave their legs, it's hard to tell in the photo. It's just like some slightly defined shaven legs. I can now tell they were clearly women's <laughs> legs, but I didn't know at you the You went time. back to the listing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but the worst thing is I brought two pairs. I brought that black pair, which is Missouri. And then I had a red pair, which is Texas Tech, yeah. I think. That's and so I had two pairs of these and they came and I spent a good deal of money. I mean, you pay $45, $50 to have these two pairs shipped, shipped yeah. to New Zealand. And so I got them and I was like, oh no, this is not <laughs> right. But uh, I decided to wear them anyway. I'm like, hey, they're short. I love them. And there's actually a video. Maybe I should post this online. But my... Uh, I was doing our 3000 meter school champs and my sister is sitting there filming. And so you can hear my sister and my girlfriend, Emily, in the camera saying, 
oh, what do you think about Matt's shorts? And I'm wearing these Texas Tech disgusting short shorts. And they're saying, oh yeah, I don't really like them. Have you told him that? Yeah, I've told him so many times I don't like him and he still wears them. So maybe I'll, I'll bring that clip up. And So yeah, people didn't like them. It wasn't that. Yeah, but hey, I still wore them anyway. What about that? That's the singlet in that picture Yo, is so man. low. Why yeah, is it cut down so low? Belly button almost, right? <laughs> so I did the same thing the year before. Unfortunately, there isn't a photo from the year before because that was the one of the best races I had throughout my time at high school. But so I cut it there as well, and it was a good cut. It actually looked fine. And so the next year, I was like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to cut it again. And it was the night before I only had one singlet, and I just cut it way too long. <laughs> and I was. I was running and I'm the singlet is dripping over my shoulder and so I'm like trying to pull it up as I'm running and yeah it was it was not a good look but it was our school champs and everyone dresses up and that's yeah. why I've got the face paint on the blue face paint and all that kind of stuff you know now did you win looking like that or oh I won without okay. a doubt right. oh yeah I hey, you almost won, have to he won some races in this book we lost a lot of races <laughs> yeah, in this yeah, book definitely. too he definitely did there's a lot of second places in there as well nah it reminded me because New Zealand is, is how many people total uh, we have population four point eight million. Four point eight million. It reminded me sort of because it, because the country is is so small relative to what we're used to here in the United States. <coughs> it reminded me really of of a, of a big state championship, and I'm not trying to degrade it. I'm mean, just saying, like, I mean, because there are obviously states. Oh yeah. In, in, yeah, yeah. In here that have many much more than four point eight million people. So the journey to the championships just reminded. I think it would remind almost anybody who read it here in the U.S. of that sort of like. Uh, you know, build up toward the state championships, yeah. and uh, it, 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 and I, I guess I mean that in the, in a way that's like it, it is relatable. You know, Matt's competing for national titles and things like that, but I don't think it's it's not like you're reading a book here in the U.S. of like the best U.S. runner of all time winning the Footlocker national title. Mm -hmm. right. it, it's it, it feels more like the state, even though Matt's very good, obviously very fast. Um, it feels like a normal high school experience. That's what I'm trying to get at. Sure. It really, really does. Uh, part Except for the women's shorts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not large. Well, uh, this is maybe an unfair place to end it, but here, here here's going to be our last topic. Okay. Mm. Speaking um, of the size of New Zealand and so forth, yeah. I'll ask both of you this question. Yeah. Uh, do you think you would have been better or worse in high school? Had you been, say, in the United oh, States? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, that is a really good question. Thank uh, you. That's why I'm Excuse me. Yeah, so it... I, I do discuss this a bit. Uh, I spend a little section kind of grinding away at this that the competition at times isn't great. Uh, and I had some great competition throughout high school. Some of the guys who I was competing against pushed me to the line. And like I say, I get a lot of second place finishes. So there were people who were better than me throughout my time. Uh, but often you only have a couple or a few. And, and I'm talking about at the very end, I'm trying to go for this national record. And I know going into it, it's going to be a solo effort. I, there's no two ways about that. And and I'm and I I mentioned this a little bit that had I been pushed throughout high school, how much faster could I have run? I don't know because a lot of the times I was going to the front and it was a real solo effort. And then when I was finding an opportunity where I could sit on someone in a race, I'm thinking like this is the easiest thing in the world. It's so much easier than going to the front and just pushing the pace. And but at the same time maybe I wouldn't have gone to Louisville two years ago and had the confidence to go to the front and push the pace had I not grinded through high school doing that basically every time. Yep. When I came to 
uh, the US and in 2016 I went to the front at NCAAs for cross and a lot of people were saying why would you do that this is the biggest race of I mean the, the calendar year and you're going out to the front like you're just kind of playing around with it and I'm like well that's just what I'm used to doing I'm not scared of going out to the front so I think it benefits you in some ways like that but other times I would have loved the competition and I would have loved to have seen what at times I might have been able to run if I was getting pushed in, in a few more races. Sure. Yeah. What's your perspective on that, Ben? Well, I don't want to be, I don't want to have the last word. I want him to have the last words, his book, but, uh, <laughs> but I certainly, I certainly agree with all of that. And, and coach Smith and I were just, uh, having a chat the other day after the NCAA meet a couple of days after, and we were talking about how sometimes the international athletes have that very advantage. They're always used to running up front and they yeah. haven't been beaten down <clears throat> in the U S sometimes there is that I mean, look, you can only lose so many times before right. it starts to become a habit, right. you know? And so for, I mean, really, <laughs> yeah. so, so for people like Matt or, or, or Jordy Beamish on the NAU team or, or, uh, or whoever it might be, right. They're, they're coming over from countries where oftentimes, um, where they were used to winning right. uh, and they were going for national championships and things like that. And so they go to what we call our national championship. Why wouldn't you go to the front? They're just less scared. They're less intimidated because they don't have this history of putting the NCAA meet on a pedestal. Yeah, um, right. And um, and quite frankly, just the history of of uh, not being up front in big national type races, uh, and so I agree that I think that's a big advantage. And then of course, yeah, like you said, there's tons of advantages to being over here, and the competition is great, and you really get pushed to the limit so often, so much more often mm -hmm. than yeah. you do in a smaller country. Sure. Yeah. Well, Matt, we'll give you the last word. So, uh, what what do you have for the the listeners? Uh, to, to close here, what are you most proud of? Just having written the book, was that? Oh man, uh, I mean, just finishing it. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice to have it done. But I hope if if anyone does read it, that um, I mean, <laughs> that uh, have a little more confidence. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when people for read all it. you yeah, readers exactly, out there, yeah. <laughs> all you readers. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest things I wrote this and I didn't. Although it is a story about me and my experiences, I also wanted it to be something where I think kind of like what Ben was saying, where you can relate to it and you can put yourself in it and it brings you back. And so I, I want anyone who, who ends up reading this that you keep an open mind as well, that while you're reading this, don't just picture me and all of these experiences, kind of picture yourself and some of the experiences you had. Uh, and hopefully that will make the book as, as relatable as it can be. And uh, I just hope people enjoy it. I mean, that was, that was why I wrote it, just so people can have some fun with it. You can have some laughs and you can feel super sad at times, <laughs> but hopefully by the end of it, you feel like it was something that was worth reading. Great. Well, again, uh, it's hurt me if you can. Available on Amazon. I vowed never to read this, but <laughs> you've you've now convinced me wow, after this go. podcast. So I'll be uh, I'll be getting a copy. So, um, all right. Thanks for joining the pod. We'll see you on the next one. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. All right.